Hi, this is Carol Steves, and you're listening to Reality Ranch Podcast. Today is Saturday, July 31st, 2021. Welcome to the 35th episode. If this is your first listen to my program, I share the writings of Billy Meyer, Figu, and others. On this program, you will hear interviews and discussions with various people on what has been named the Silent Revolution of Truth. This is an effort through the teaching and the contact notes to free humanity from the overly materialistic thinking, ignorance, overpopulation, and violence largely brought about by religion. This is a slightly abridged version of an article written by Vivian Legg. It can be found on thefutureofmankind.co.uk. True Love Has Its Basis in Reality, Not in Belief by Vivian Legg, May 2012. Few people would disagree that if there was more love in the world, it would be a better place. It's easy to say, in families, work environments, groups, and organizations, we talk about the need to be more loving toward each other. But what does that really mean? Do we even know? Could we explain it to each other? How do we correctly go about forming a loving relationship with a coworker, a friend, a life partner, and how do we make it grow? Love is not just a wonderful idea. In his book, Law of Love, Billy explains that love is essential for all evolution in life. Without love, nothing can be created and no transformation can occur. Love is necessary for all change. Billy says the earth human is not evolved enough to be able to create true, wisdom-based love within himself or herself. Only a few, a few human beings on earth are on the threshold of this highest form of wisdom creational love. The majority still lives in the lower forms of false affective love. Is it any wonder then that so much goes awry on this planet? If the very growth medium for our evolution is inadequate, Fortunately, with enough striving and effort, we can actually begin to learn what love really is by observing the difference between genuine love and the false love which is predominantly practiced on this planet. Wisdom conditioned love is our harmonious state of absolute connectedness in all things, in indestructible form without temporal limits. Billy explains that in contrast to false love, Wisdom-conditioned genuine love is a wellspring of eternal constancy, which is absolutely independent of the human being's age, appearance, and personality. With a false form of love, however, factors like age, appearance, and personality do play an important role, as does one's material wealth, profession, and societal position, and such things. But such factors are only as pronounced as the degree of durability and constancy of a human being's personality. Therefore, this emotion-based false form of love is subject to enormous fluctuations in its intensity and can thus suffer changes and can even transform into rage and hatred. 
Billy's deeper explanations of these two types of love, the genuine affective love and the false affective love, serve as an invaluable instruction manual for analyzing, deepening, or transforming our own personal forms of love, which we have for our fellow human beings and all other things and beings with which we share our existence. It may be easy to assume at first glance that the concept of love should be completely understood in the familiar way as presented to us by the world's religions. But a closer look at how love is explained in this renewed teaching of the truth shows us the critical difference between the renewed teaching with all its with its all-important focus on reality and religious teachings. This spiritual teaching of Billy Meyer and the player on extraterrestrials concerns us with things which exist in reality and which can sooner or later be discovered by every individual if sufficient effort is made to do so. It concerns the actual reality of creation's laws and thus also of nature's laws. But religious teachings concern themselves with belief, which requires no logical evidence and breeds up delusion, which removes us from reality. Many interested readers have read extraterrestrial Simyase's introduction to the spiritual teaching, in which she also states that the earth human being does not know love. And if we continue to study and contemplate this spiritual teaching, we increasingly come to learn that. On the whole, we earth humans do not know love because we do not concern ourselves with reality. Instead, we concern ourselves with delusion and belief, which is one reason why our modern-day prophet condemns the pervasive religious teachings on this planet. In their defense, religious enthusiasts speak of love taught and promoted by religion, but love itself, which is essential for evolution, is thwarted by the non-reality basis of belief in religious dogmas. Love is not situated in the heart, and is not the power of a God. In How to Live Life, Billy explains that true love is a conglomerated form of fine spiritual per- perception, infundung, and is not built up on emotions because it is fine spiritual, fine fluidal perception itself. So true love comes from this fine spiritual perception of reality. Such a perception of reality comes from the respectful, concentrated observation and registering of that which is. It comes from perceiving, at a fine spiritual level, the nature of another human being, creature, some other element or thing. So the knowledge and wisdom acquired this way through meditative concentration on the reality of a thing results in the experience of love. However, the ability to exercise such concentrated observation is something we earth humans rarely possess and therefore we must develop it through hard ongoing practice, often over a period of many years. Billy therefore teaches the prime importance of learning concentration itself. This is required for the development of many powers of the consciousness, but also for our creation of love. With such a practice, we concentrate without interruption on a single object. We do this without prejudice and with and thought processes, and just by registering what is rather than imposing interpretations upon it. 
From this process, we gain knowledge and understanding, which allows us to experience true wisdom-based love. So, for love, we need thoroughness, attentiveness, and Billy says, a normal degree of rationality. We also need respect, which means respect for reality and for other things. And this has nothing to do with self-abasement or putting another being on a pedestal. Billy explains that there are many different forms which love can take, which apply for different types of life forms and between them as well, and which serve the specific relationship between those life forms. For example, there is a specific form of love which a human being has for a plant, but love as it is quite especially relates to the human being is a capacity given in the human existence for the development of an intensive, positively experienceable relationship with a fellow human being. This love enables us to assist each other in our evolution, especially the form of love called alliance love or bond love, which is structured around the raising of children, provides this intensive evolutionary opportunity, which explains the great importance placed on maintaining such a love relationship for a lifetime. In the case of the Playaren, even for several centuries. However, without the necessary love, there can be no constancy and no evolution. So our obligation to evolve explains why it is important to find a stable, ongoing love relationship and why a loveless relationship cannot provide that evolutionary opportunity. Above all, Billy repeatedly draws our attention to the following definition of love. Love is the absolute certainty that one co-lives and coexists with everything, thus in all that which exists within fauna and flora with one's fellow human beings in each and every material and spiritual life form, regardless of its kind, within the existence of the entire universe and beyond. When we truly want to secure love in ourselves, our fine sensitive perceptions must make it apparent to us that we know and feel the connectedness of co-living and coexisting with our neighbor and our neighbor co-living and coexisting with us. If we don't feel this, then we are not yet capable of true love. Billy explains that genuine love develops in the human being according to the development of his or her ratio, being his intelligence, reason, cleverness, and his morality. And until we have reached that level of development, we are limited to the effective forms of love, which in the meantime do not provide a structure from which genuine forms of love may eventually develop. Reason and understanding are especially decisive in genuine love and determine how the human being wants to form and conduct all his or her affairs. Therefore, reason and understanding determine whether these matters are to be positive or negative or neutral positive balanced from the mind of thoughts. Billy repeatedly describes the connection between our rational choice in favor of neutral, positive, balanced thinking and the resulting reward of love along with harmony and peace and so forth. Since we lack the understanding about true love and fine spiritual perception and so on, it is usually very difficult or impossible to recognize which form our love actually is 
and whether it is even love at all. The following explanations are therefore enormously helpful. Genuine love arise, arises solely from the fine spiritual perception realm of the human being's spiritual world, and it arises as a result of intentional experience and wisdom. This genuine love radiates across into the half-material realm of the psyche where the human being becomes conscious of it via his or her feelings in the form of elation and sensitivity. The human being experiences this genuine love in a form of highly sensitized experience and it is not subject to any fluctuations of highs and lows and therefore not to any kind of jealousy. Jealousy does not occur at all with genuine wise love from the fine spiritual perception world of the spiritual realm. Nothing at all can injure such a love in its absolute security and constancy, and it can only increase. Interestingly, the waves or vibrations, Billy says swinging waves, is the more correct translation, associated with fine spiritual perception love are neither limited nor obstructed by any objects and thus do not depend on a certain proximity between those individuals generating and receiving the love. These waves radiate through everything, either material or immaterial, without losing any speed or intensity. They travel at 1,070,000 times the speed of light. In contrast to the genuine love, effective love is created by the human being's thinking and his or her volition according to visual, acoustic, feeling-based, and sensual impressions, impulses, information, perceptions, and so on. And so many kinds of material factors are decisive in the creation of feelings of love and these factors which can pass away so the human being's thinking and therefore his or her feelings as well bring about a constructed state which is based on his or her will and it creates the illusion that he or she has a positive experiential relationship with another human being but this is really only very fragile because all these related thoughts feelings and wishes are false there are many things from which the human being draws to create feeling-based affective love for another human being as a result of his or her thinking and will. These include body type, voice, the way of speaking or moving, the clothing and profession, and so on. The oscillation swinging waves associated with this false affective love travel only at the speed of light and are therefore interrupted by obstacles and become weaker the further they travel away from their origin. This means this type of love is increasingly eroded the more those experience such a love for each other are apart. Objects, walls, distances, and other waves or vibrations all weaken the effect of such waves. Eventually, with sufficient interruption, there is nothing left of them at all. Not only do we have a common misperception on earth about the origin of true love, we also apparently misunderstand the role it plays in our lives. As mentioned, love facilitates evolution. 
Love cannot simply be equated with peace and harmony and a trouble-free existence. For our evolutionary process, we evidently require hard learning experiences, and love is the great facilitator for these. Billy explains that love even torments us because it contains foregoing and demands in, into which we have to adjust ourselves, which we are often very reluctant to do. He says that the paths of love are often hard touchstones of life and quite often difficult and steep. Love brings about the growth of the human being, but it also brings about the necessary pruning away of dead and diseased wood. A further metaphor Billy provides, which really brings home to me what a creative transformative effect true love has on us is the following. In love, the human being is like a grain which is thrashed, sieved, and freed from the chaff in order to be immediately ground into meal and then kneaded until supple, after which the controlled fire rises the leavening and bakes a loaf of bread, which, as a work of love, nourishes all. False love, which results from emotions and urges, can be steered, and this is done according to our emotional and urge-based wishes and thoughts. However, we cannot steer the course true love takes, but it steers us in the course of our lives because it is the highest creational factor in all life and logic. How inspiring it is to think of love as our evolutionary growth medium, which responding to conscious effort also grows as we do. And it is the human being's obligation to experience and make useful this true love for himself or herself as well as for his or her fellow human beings, to perceive this love and to feel its warmth, its peace, its happiness, and its joy. And only in the human being who is able to glimpse the connecting light of true love and perceive it within himself or herself, and who never allows the glow of the fire of true love to become cold and allows the flame of pure love to flare up to new brightness and warmth in order to progress along life's way by means of this true love is the purpose of life fulfilled as well as life itself in all its nuances. Billy, a little bit of common sense and wisdom. Okay, so today I'm interviewing Natalie Murphy. Um, and Natalie, I don't really know very much about you, except that you're extremely enthusiastic, <laughs> which I love, and you're married to Perry, Good. and you cut hair. But so yes. I want to know more about you. So tell me, um, tell me your story. Tell me how you met Perry, if you don't mind. And how I don't you, mind. Because you're now studying the teaching. So you're like yes. this new, fresh young person who has discovered this and so I this this is a perspective I, I really want to get so just fire absolutely away. sounds good so I was born and raised on a 40 acre um, hobby farm just right outside of Fremont here probably about 10 minutes away 
And as soon, I thought it was the most boringest thing ever living out in the middle of nowhere. I did not appreciate it. So as soon as I was 18, I was like, that's it. I'm getting out of here and I'm going into the city, which was Appleton. And I I was missing out my entire life, you know, Uh and that's when I began to start my hair career was in Appleton as well. And, um, Perry and I met each other just on a random occurrence. It was kind of being in the right place at the right time. And a little voice in my head just kind of, you know, steered me in that direction. I was just like, oh my goodness, you know, had I had my day gone any different, Uh you know, I just wonder where fate, you know, would have ended when what you know, where things would have went. I have to ask. So um, I have to ask you this, though, because Perry said, his son brought you home from the mall. <laughs> yes. Yes. I met his son at the mall. And I didn't yes. even ask him because this is when I interviewed him. And I was like, I am dying to know that story. <laughs> I didn't ask yes. him. Else, I was and like, really? I know. I know. I was with my girlfriend and we seen Corey and his friends and we had exchanged phone numbers. And we're like, yeah, you know, give us a call sometime. And he ended up calling us that night. So that's kind of how that all started. And I met Corey's dad and um, Corey's, d- Perry, yeah, Corey's dad, Perry. <laughs> was, I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> he, yeah. That's who he was, was though, right? He was Corey's dad. That's, yeah, he was Corey's dad. Yeah. And he was going, just getting over a really traumatic, messy divorce and had just recently moved up here he had won the lottery for like five thousand dollars on a quick pick and it was enough money to move him and his son up to Appleton so he was just getting his life his next chapter in his life started Mm -hmm. obviously was not looking for a relationship and I was so over boys at that point I was like I'm good like I'm just gonna get focused on my career here and um we really enjoyed talking to each other and our conversations. And he was just a really good friend. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. where we started things there. And then um, it evolved from there. The more I got to know him and the more that he got to know me, we had just realized that we work really well together. And so I kind of struck up the idea and uh, I had a couple of drinks in me. And uh, I was like, I I was like, I'm like, I have this really crazy idea. And he's like, what's that? I was like, I think you should be my boyfriend. And he was like, he kind of laughed. He was like, yeah, whatever. You Mm -hmm. are way too young, little girl. Like, Mm -hmm. no, no, no. I was like, no, I'm serious. He goes, you let me know how you feel in the morning. Like you're kind of under the influence right now. I was like, I'm going to feel the same way. (laughs) You know how we are when we get those ideas in our heads, you know? You know, you and I yeah. have something in common. I lived on a on a farm for a few years and when I was young, but when I was young, I liked it. But when I got older, I was like you. I was like, I'll never have a farm. How boring. How <laughs> awful. I can't wait to get out of here. I didn't appreciate it yeah. at all. It was beautiful because it was in Wisconsin, believe it or not. But wow. um, I couldn't wait to get the hell out of there and go somewhere where there I wasn't on a farm. So and now I love yes. them. Yes, I know. And when, well, moving into the city though, when I had met Perry and he lived in an apartment and it was, I was in shock, like 
city shock. I felt like I lived in the ghetto. There was domestics happening <laughs> oh, at two o'clock okay. in the morning. Yeah, I bet. And I like to sleep. I'm a country girl, so I like to sleep with my window open, you know, and there's no country sounds. There's no noises. There's you can't just walk out on your porch, you know, and not be like completely like dressed like out in the country. You kind of have the freedom to kind of do whatever. Yeah, you go out in your jammies and, uh, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Which I do all the time. You're not going to get these screen looks from anybody, Mm-mm. right? Mm-hmm. So I just, I felt really suffocated being in the city and we had just, you know, realized that when we were going to start searching for something else that it definitely wanted to be more back out in the country. And lo and behold, I ended up buying a house 10 minutes away from where I grew up. I was like, well, I guess that lasted for like 10 years and here I am. I'm back again. <laughs> With a different perspective. Yeah. So how did you convince him finally though, to be your getting back on that subject to be for him to be your boyfriend how did you convince him that that was a good idea um I said it was a good idea yeah he said okay well I will be your boyfriend for the time being until somebody else comes along like you're gonna marry somebody who's younger than me who's more your age Mm -hmm. and uh he's like I ain't getting married again and I'm not having kids again I was like no we'll see about that because you're the one (laughs) he was trying to push me away and I wouldn't listen Mm -hmm. you know he a couple times was like get out and I was like no I'm not going anywhere. So he's like, you kind of stopped me into being your husband. You know, you just wouldn't take no for an answer. I was like, yeah, no. (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to listen to that. I love this story. (laughs) I know. I know. We laugh about it all the time. We're like, look at where we are now. Like, I I would never thought. I would have never. There was definitely something different that struck me about Mr. Murphy that I was like, wow, there's something I like about you and mm-hmm. I dig a lot. And all the boys my age were just really boring. I literally was just be like, um, <laughs> kind of just not my type, you know? Mm-hmm, I do. And I was just, I was so, I was so over it. I was like, I don't want nothing to do with boys. If that's what it's going to be about, I'd rather just be by myself, you know? So we kind of met at a time where we both were, you know, not looking for anything Mm -hmm. too. So it just kind of happened by chance. It was weird, but the more we got to know each other, we started that friendship first. And, um, he just had kind of this pure sense of love for me, where he never, like, he wasn't coming on to me. He wasn't, you know what I mean? He was just being like an equal to me. And that's just what I needed. I needed a good friend in my life. Yeah, I know. I definitely had to initiate things because he probably never was going to, Mm because we were, he was just my, my safe spot. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, A bill never would have. It took him forever once he realized I might be interested to even ask me out. And, and I, kept dropping hints. And finally, one day he, he got the courage up to ask me out. And I was b- literally backing out of the driveway at work. And he finally said, Hey, <laughs> cause I go, I give up. <laughs> I was pretty sure this was the day, but it's now six. I've been at the office an hour longer than I'm supposed to be just waiting around. So I'm leaving. Yeah. So he, he yes. followed me out to the driveway and then asked me to go out for pizza. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> oh. yeah. 
<laughs> so I know. Yeah, it's funny. So then, it is. Um, so then you guys bought this um, home that you're renovating. I, I, you know, I get to see yes. all the pictures. It must have been a wreck, really, when you bought it, because it's a, it, it was a repossession, or, or no, it was a, uh, yeah, no, foreclosure, a foreclosure, that's foreclosure, what I mean, a foreclosure, and a lot and of times that, foreclosures are, people trash them. They're like, yeah, it's foreclosed on, so I'm going to rip out the pipes or whatever weird things they do to it, you know, you know, leave right. the yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it had everything that we needed, you know, mm -hmm. it had, it came with a full acre and, um, you know, we kind of wanted a house with character mm -hmm. and that we could fix up and, um, we found it, but I had buyer's remorse for both the first week scrubbing this place down, cleaning up all the mouse poop. Oh, and then that winter yeah. we found, and then the, that winter we found that we bought a bat cave that all the bats hibernate and really? live in our house. Over the no. Yeah, we get about eight or nine. Yeah, we get about Can eight or added? nine a year that get out in the, oh yeah, they're all upstairs. Oh, they're everywhere. Gosh, I had whoa because we bought a fixer upper and too we, but oh my god a bat cave do you guys have the bat singing? and we bought the bat cave yeah surprise yeah ah, you bought a bat cave so and where we, we live in between a river and a swamp and mm -hmm. you literally will be carried away by mosquitoes if you don't have the bats so right. the bats I was gonna are say, that's great you have them though just not in your house have you built like yeah, the, the so little we, bat habitats outside yet for them on the posts? We're working on it. We yeah. do have a bat house and we're working on it. Um, but for right now, they're in our house. Um, and right now, because the upstairs is all torn apart, they kind of have free reign. Oh, I so see. The kids, yeah. So the kids and I, we have this drill where when we go upstairs to use our only bathroom that we have, mm -hmm. um, we have to turn the light on and we wait and we look over the railing to see if we see any bats flying around. And if we do, <laughs> then we hold it for a little bit longer. <laughs> and then if it's all clear, but we all, we all go up in pairs, right? So one can be on a bat lookout while the other one's <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious i knew these this kids are going to be an interesting story <laughs> they are going to have these like these little treasures of their childhood mm -hmm. well when i was a kid oh that's pretty funny yeah i've had a couple of them glance her forehead before where like the wing like clips her forehead like it just you know dives down so low uh-huh did she i was like out? you break Oh, she stays calm, but I was oh, like, good. oh, you brave soul. She's, she's really strong. <laughs> I guess. Much stronger than I would have been at 11 years old. My goodness. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. You, you guys are renovating your downstairs bathroom currently, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So Gary while, does while that's the work, beautiful he work. He does. He does. He's so talented. Yes. So, um, yeah. You um you have a little hair studio that you started, right? Did you start this like right as COVID started or something? I thought Yeah. The pandemic pushed me in this direction. I was, you know, forced in a corner that I could no longer afford to work in a salon um because the the people, the clientele just wasn't there anymore. Mm -hmm. The volume wasn't there anymore. So um 
I was prior to the pandemic, I'd say I was probably making around $30 an hour. And when I came back from our 12 week quarantine, uh-huh. um, I was down to making $10 an hour. Oh, yes. That's so I, there was a lot of stylists that had to hang up their shears and they had to go work in the medical field so they could get good insurance so that they could mm-hmm. afford, you know, to pay, make their house payments and car payments. Like there was a lot of people that didn't have a strong clientele prior to the pandemic and had to walk away from doing hair. So I was in the right place at the right time. And I had a girlfriend of mine invite me into her studio um, to share a chair with her. And so then I was able to get my LLC, my business license, my retail license, and then just start working for myself, which is actually like, I was wishing I was working for myself as the pandemic was happening. So I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, now would be the time to do that. And then you can, you know, control the amount of people that you see and you can control if you aren't at the mercy of the studio which I don't know if you saw my story about when I tried to go get my hair cut. I'm now cutting my own hair. So it's kind of dirty. Oh, it looks great. But it, <laughs> I used, have you heard of those Korea clips? That's what I started using. Have you seen those? They you pull the hair up and it'll it has a level oh, on it and everything. It's like for, you know, hair cutting for idiots because you're cutting your own hair too. And they work pretty well though. So I've been using that. But um, I was going to, I tried, well, I went to this person did the same thing you did. She left another salon and started her own and it was kind of big. I should have known. And it had one chair in it, but it was really spacious. And I was like, this is really spacious. She goes, yeah, it's just me though. And I was like, great. And she had everybody spaced out, you know, and was disinfecting everything. So a year later I go, okay, I've got to go get another haircut. It's been a whole year. And I walk in and the salon's packed. She's got six chairs now, I think it is six, five or six. And they were all full and there were stylists one was walking around without a mask and she, her excuse was she just ate lunch. I'm like, I'm sorry, but that's, you know, I didn't say anything. I was just sitting there in the waiting area by myself going, Oh, Oh, I can't stay here. So, oh, yeah. and my cousin had just died from COVID who's th- who was 37, 34, mm-hmm. 34 at the time. So I was already kind of like oh shocked over that, that he was so young and died. And I just got up and left and she thought it was because I had, she made me wait 10 minutes. I'm just like, no, I told yes. her I didn't feel safe there. She goes, well, you could always come back when there's nobody here. I'm like, no, I'm thinking, I said, no, you don't take it seriously. No, there were, uh, that's the issue I had working where I had worked was not everyone was on the same page. Mm-hmm. I was maybe one of the very few that took safety and sanitization seriously. And I have to work with other people that are not social distancing, that are still going out to the bars. And then we're all sitting in the same break room, you know? And it's just, and I'm like, oh my goodness, get me out of here, get me out of here, get me out of here. And the opportunity presented itself in like a month. I mean, I wasn't back to work in a month and I was leaving the place of my employment to go out on my to go out on my own. So I think that's great that like, you did that. Yes, it was amazing. It was exactly what I was looking for and what I was hoping for. And it's helped so. reduce your anxiety, I'm sure, you know, as far as dealing with because now you have control over your environment. 
I and do. And there is, you can crack the whip on those customers. Sorry, you have to wear a mask. <laughs> right. You right. You have to sanitize your hands. Hold your I breath. Do. I'm cutting your hair. Now. <laughs> and, and one person can only come into my room. Like one client can only come yeah. into my room at a time. It's not like people have to wait outside or wait in their car until it's the time of their appointment. So they message me, they text me, Hey, I'm here. And then, you know, I reply back when I'm ready for them. So they're at least on that, you know, they're all on that system to do that so that I'm only having, you know, yeah, that's point great. Point and that in, gives so. people who want to get their hair cut a safe place to go to where, where the risk is really relatively low. As yeah. opposed to, well, everybody here, I don't know how it is where you're living, Natalie, but every everybody's here, just about everybody's not wearing a mask now. And they're walking around like, hey, it's over. <laughs> we well, get they're saying that in the news. You know. we, we get funny looks all everywhere where we go because yeah, so we, do we will be. We will be of the of the very minority, and I'm like, okay, well, ninety five percent of you are not wearing masks, and only fifty to sixty percent of the nation is vaccinated. So you can't tell me that's what that I everyone, say. Yeah, you can't tell me that everyone in the store has their vaccine. You're just using this as an excuse to just not, you know, wear that mask anymore. So I, um, I make a joke that I say, okay, I want to say, who's a member of the Liars Club in here? Because I know you're not all vaccinated. Yes. And as we are finding out, of course, as we suspected that, you know, that doesn't matter anyway, people are getting the Delta and the Delta plus. And now we've got the, I don't know if you heard about the Lambda from Peru is coming up. So mm -hmm. there's going to be variants, you know, of course, it's going to keep mutating. It's not going to stop. Right. Right. So yeah, I don't yeah know. it's it's no bother to me. I don't mind wearing a mask. It's I don't not, I don't, no. I don't, I found a way to make it work and it works just fine. And it's, you know, my aunt was a surgical nurse for her career mm -hmm. and, you know, she just kind of laughs at anyone that says, oh, that's just not healthy for you to go that long. And she's like, well, we wore masks all day, you know, in surgery, like that was just normal protocol and we were just fine. Mm -hmm. So I know yeah. I can't breathe. I'm like, that's psychological. It is. And you've probably noticed too, especially living where you're living, it keeps your face warm in the winter. It really does. <laughs> you go oh, in the cold and you go, hey, this is pretty good. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I know. That's oh, the, yeah. You... That's the bonus is in the winter, your face doesn't get all chapped and you don't have to wear a bak baklava over your face or something, especially where you're living, where it's so yeah. frigid in the winter. Oh, burr. Well, I, I stopped wearing um, cosmetics. Mm -hmm. Um, no, so I used to wear cosmetics all the time because for your job, you needed to have like a put together face and your hair done to look aesthetically pleasing for mm -hmm. your clients. And, uh, since, because I have to be in a mask all day, I was like, well, I'm not going to wear anything that's going to rub off, you know, and I'm, or, and, and all that. So I quit well, if wearing, you're not wearing anything now. I can't imagine why you would even need it. Your skin is flawless. So I found that out after when we, when, when the shutdown started, uh -huh. I went 12 weeks with no makeup and I noticed something, my skin came back to life. Mm -hmm. My skin was always so suffocated and blotchy and inflamed from all the cosmetics. And I was using top yeah. of the line name brand stuff mm -hmm. and I would have to reapply it. 
I would have to reapply it the next day to make that blotchiness and the inflamedness go away because it would be red. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be a nice complexion, you know, it'd be red and inflamed. And I'm like, oh, I'm spotchy. I mean, cover that up and neutralize that all out. But all of a sudden, I noticed after 12 weeks, I was like, thank goodness for <laughs> this whole mask thing because who wouldn't, I would have never known that I had perfectly good skin that. It's kind of sucked right into that whole routine. And I was um, too when I was young. Uh, I was mm-hmm. absolutely. And especially because um, I was um, one of those kids that was bullied for their looks when I was a young girl. Always right. told I was ugly all the time by boys, yeah. by people. And so, you know, I was doing everything I could not to be ugly because if you're not ugly, people won't be mean to you. Right? Right. <laughs> that was my right. thinking. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I really got sucked into it. I sold cosmetics and everything when I was young. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I slowly moved to use less and less as I got older, as I got more confident. And then I found the, the teaching materials. I'm like, oh, so, you know, yeah, this is true. We're, we're actually making ourselves more than what we really are. And um, I don't, I don't judge anyone who wears it. I, I understand psychologically why they do. Absolutely. Yeah, I do. yeah, I'm I'm the same way. And I found, you know, coming out of this, like I we've I've been out, I've been doing this now, no makeup for the last year and a few months. My life hasn't changed. Like life just keeps going on the way that it has to exactly. when I was wearing makeup. So I'm like, wow. Well, and I was nice. and I'm lucky and you know, because there are men who want women to wear makeup. A lot of them seem like they prefer the more natural look. Like Bill's like, I think you look great just the way you are. But but yeah. I had friends whose whose husbands criticized them when they didn't have makeup on. Get go put your makeup on. You look plain. You look and I thought how sad. I wouldn't want to be with someone who didn't find the natural me attractive. I know. Like, well, period. Perry would always anytime I wouldn't have makeup on he would just be like oh my god you're so beautiful I was like ew like don't don't look I know don't they say it like you're wearing sweats you have bed head (laughs) and they're like chasing you around you're going wait I I I, you look in the mirror and you go I don't get it I've got an I don't with a hole in it (laughs) I know I know that's great though. Really it is. It's, I mean, part of me was going, what? And part of me was going, this is great that he just thinks I'm beautiful when I'm on the weekend with bedhead in sweats. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's working out really well for you then. Uh, um, this, your salon situation. It's it I see your little you know, ads on your, like for custom, for letting your customers know, right. You have chair openings and that kind of thing. Yes. And yes. With there being so many stylists who are being careless, it's wonderful that they're, I know, I know you're not the only one that's being careful, but there aren't very many. I don't mm-hmm. know many here. I, I, I just gave up and, and I just now use the Crea clip. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and I don't Absolutely. know if I'll ever get a professional haircut again, unless right. you do it. I, right we come visit <laughs> yes and yes. I'll be spoiled again though and go oh now it looks really good again oh sad <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh you know I can just joke about it it's like right to me a lot of these things that that we're dealing with in life you just have to joke about them I mean to me it's like find the humor I'd rather laugh than cry 
yes yes yeah I know Perry like thinks so too I laugh sometimes when it's not even appropriate and he's like I think you're one of those like nervous laughers you know where you just that's how you cope you know with that I would say I do that sometimes yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you're like yeah maybe yeah (laughs) right (laughs) especially you know we're raised to be polite too and in this situation you're like I don't know what to do here. (laughs) Yes. I know. I I, I totally get that. So what made you um, decide? So obviously, you know, I always ask everybody how they found the teaching. Well, it's kind of obvious. I think you didn't know about it when you met Perry, right? No, we did not. Oh, he didn't either. Um, He didn't either? No, no, he did not. Okay. No, he didn't. It's probably Um, easier. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, I remember the day when it all started, we, he was on like, um, that, that ancient aliens kick. Oh yeah. yeah. That was like, we were really into TV, you know, and he had a couple of shows that he really was into and mm-hmm. ancient aliens was one of them. And I forget what show he was watching, but something about Billy Meyer had came up and he wants to watch some like documentary or something about that relating to that. And he instantly took that and he started looking further into it. Yeah. And then, yeah. So that's kind of when it all started. And, and what I did just, you think of that, Natalie, what did you think oh, of it at the time? <laughs> I, I just let him have a thing because he doesn't have very many things. So yeah, just you're thinking, it. what can it hurt? It's, it's kind of weird, but hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> but then um, I did start to notice like this change in him. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, just watching him kind of evolve and, you know, started to become just this better person all around. And I noticed how it impacted his life. And uh, I was kind of doing my own thing. And, you know, we would talk a lot about it. Um, he would just keep pushing me to like read. And I'm like, get out of my face. Like, uh-huh. I don't like to read, you know, like, I'm not gonna, I'm, and I can't read on a phone either. So I'm like, no, oh, if it's I, can't out of a book, I, can, I can sit down and read in a book, but I cannot yeah. read on a phone. He's like, that's the only way I can read it. I was like, well, really? Oh, I can read reading on a phone. by doing that but um I just you know I would definitely talk with him about it you know and we'd have conversations but I definitely did not get into it like he did um so I was just kind of doing my own thing and um but it's so nice that you let him you allowed even though you weren't into it really so many people get threatened by when their spouse you know, we kind of, Bill and I kind of found it together. We were both delving into the alien stuff and looking at everything. So it's like, what did you find today? I don't know. What did you find? You know, we compare <laughs> notes, but um, a lot of people who aren't into it at all, like you weren't, they just get really upset and feel oh very God. threatened by it. And they give their right. spouses a hard time. So that's oh. great that you were like able to just go, yeah, I know this is your thing, but you know, I'm not there yeah. yet. If ever. He would, he, yeah, he would bring different stuff up that he was learning about, and I would just look at him, and I was like, "Well, yeah, I kind of knew that already. Now that mm-hmm. you say that, I kind that makes total sense." Like, 
he's just like, yeah, I think they're more spiritually aligned than what you think. And he's like, I just read the spirit teaching stuff. And he's like, I think about you so much because I'm like, this is something my wife would do, or this is something my wife would think or say, or I'm just like, wow. He's like, yeah, there's just a lot about you when I, when I read this. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But, um, I think what really struck me was when he did the book order and he got that book, the introduction to meditation Mm -hmm. and prior to, I mean, the last seven, eight years, I have been doing yoga and meditating and that alone has changed my life dramatically, not even reading the spirit teaching just on that. And so I instantly saw that book and I grabbed it right away and I started reading it. And then I just couldn't put it down. And once I had finished it, I was like, got another book. <laughs> He's like, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> like, so. <laughs> I know they're wonderful, aren't they? They are. They're so, they they're so um, like I called that video I've just put up that um, Harold Schlossman just made a steak dinner for the mind. It's like so satisfying to read it. I yes. just, I don't know how else to say it. It's like other things like, oh yeah, this is good. Maybe uh, that's I don't agree with, but it's just so rich and deep and there's so much to think about. And there's so many things that I even go, what? Oh, I have to think about that one. That's, I can yes. feel that that's probably, but I need to understand it. True, that seems true to me, but it's very complicated. There are certain things yeah. that, are, that are complicated and other things are very simple and easy. Like, yes, you know, so. Yeah, it's. Definitely reading. I mean, I think I might only like three books in. I think I might be on my fourth one. But reading it right now. Oh, I want to say the might of thoughts. Okay. I think yeah, I think it's the might of thoughts. But as like as I'm reading, um, as I'm reading these books. I, you know, can just think of what they're talking about it. I can pertain it to my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, you know, I knew somebody like that. And this is like their actions. And this is what it, you know, brought yep. forth. And, you know, this is, you know, what perspires in my life or, you know, somebody else's life. Like you see life unfolding and you can pertain it to the material. You're like, wow, that's so true. You know, so it definitely kind of. I don't know, closes up a lot of, you know, explains, explains in details more about like just how life works, Mm -hmm. which you kind of maybe already knew, but it just validates it. It does. And I mean, there, then there are some, um, oh, some complex, how can I say this? There, there are certain things we're taught in life that we kind of know are wrong, but we don't, really we're like yeah that's not quite the way it is but I can't really tell you and you read it and you go that's what I'm it, it, it's almost <laughs> like it brings it together in your mind and you go that's the thing that I look at something that I know isn't the right way to go but yes you know what I mean explain yes. yeah it's yes. really nice and this is kind of a surprise wasn't it after you go from aliens to this and that's where a lot of people of course have um you've made that jump but a lot of people never do they just can't get past the aliens like there can't be aliens that's just not possible it's crazy and you're thinking why is it crazy Mm -hmm. you know that there are other people if you know when you call them aliens of course people always think of 
green skin and all that. But I, you yeah. know, extraterrestrial just means from not from this planet. Ah, why just another it, life form. Yes, yeah, they're why, just another life form. Exactly. Why is it so weird that there could be other people besides us living out there on another planet? It's, be, it's probably because of Hollywood, you know, the movies that yeah. we've seen depicted, what religion teaches us, mm-hmm. and, you know, those seeds that are planted in our head from young on we are just taught that we're the only ones that exist so exactly to think anything far beyond that is just uh you're not raised that way so therefore you can't expand your mind you know to even think of that as a possibility I know and um you know I was kind of saying it rhetorically but that's a good point um and I wonder about those of us who are able to not stay in that brainwashed and accept that and then you know um, are able to go wait but but wait I think this is still plausible Mm -hmm. you know I still think this is something that could actually be um true and 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 more and more I guess you know of course as we evolve more and more people and when this goes away this whole ridiculous um portrayal of extraterrestrials in like you said in the films and the movies a lot of it's ridiculous some of them are, are good in the way they go about it but some of them are just most of and them then are I, ridiculous i think those i think the movies in hollywood too instill fear in us oh yeah absolutely that's why yeah. it's ridiculous i mean yes yeah. are there malignant people out there in the universe or in some universe or whatever that would want to enslave us but we're doing it on our own planet Yes, to be more afraid of the people enslaving us here than Mm -hmm. some astronomical chance at this point of someone flying in on their little ship and big (laughs) ship or whatever mothership hovering like those movies we see this ginormous ship hovering over the 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 world and we're all doomed you know yeah like um yeah they're just they're just distracting us away from Yeah. 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 I was, I was raised on non-denominational Christian and uh, yeah, I, we quit going to our local church um, because things started to get weird and um, oh yeah, there, there was a couple of people that did some pretty awful stuff. I think somebody, someone had a thing with child pornography and another one had an affair on his wife. And they had to get up in front of the church community and confess their sins publicly before they could be forgiven. And it caused this huge rift. And the one guy who had the affair and his wife wouldn't come up and show his face. So therefore we had to shun him. And my mom had a really big to do about that because apparently that was like her best friend's brother, I think. Uh So she's like, I'm not shunning my friend, you know? So when things started getting weird like that, my parents just kind of pulled a plug and they're like, we're going to do our own Bible studies at home. And I just remember trying to do these Bible studies at home, just reading these words and it not making any sense. Uh, Yep. Same I couldn't uh, stay with it, could you? No. I read a few lines and go, this is gobbledygook. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, okay, I'll sit down and we'll all take turns reading. But as I'm reading the words, they're not applying Mm-mm. to me. I can't make sense of it. I'm like, 
all these crazy rituals in here, like Old Testament stuff and mm. New Testament. I'm like, I know, love oh, your wife, this. stone your wife. You know, it's like, yeah. which one is yeah. it? <laughs> you can't I love know. your wife and stone your wife at the same time. I'm sorry, that doesn't work for oh. me. I know, I know. All that Almost stuff against crazy. women really turned me off. And I didn't, I don't yeah. understand how other women can, I mean, they make the excuse, oh, well, we don't subscribe to that anymore. I'm like, it's still in there. <laughs> right. And it's still in the cultures. They are denying it. It's still in the cultures. This right way of treating women as not equals and that you must submit to your husband and you can't have an opinion. Whatever your opinion is, has to be his opinion. And you know, all that. It's just really a sad. It okay. is. It is. Yeah. So yeah. I, I had that same experience, you know, with the Bible that it just didn't make, it didn't do anything for me, neither, nor did the Book of Mormon. Same thing. That's a book. Oh, know. yeah. And going to church, I think I tried finding one other church after once I became an adult and mm -hmm. I had Emma, I was like, well, maybe I'll try going back to church again. I think I maybe went a couple of times and I really didn't feel like it was really my thing. Mm -hmm. I did. I looked around when my kids were young too. It was like this programming kind of, oh, you must find. I'm like, yeah, I don't really believe in God though. I can't say that. Social, out loud yeah. Social, like, you know, thing like, Everyone's okay, like, everyone church goes to church go on to? Sunday. Yes. Yeah. And I went to yeah. the unity church. And it was pretty cool at first. And I was like, okay, well, then I'll entertain this for a while. But what I noticed is, and I want to preface this with, I am not like homophobic in any way, shape or form. I have gay friends, always have yes, have no issue with it. I never have. I, I had gay friends when I was young that I knew were gay. They didn't even know they yes. were gay yet. You know, a couple of yes. guys I knew. But they were so, it was like, if you weren't gay, forget it. They right. were like promoting homosexuality to the point where the rest of us who were just straight were like well wait a minute <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I understand how it must have felt reversing it I could see have some empathy for gays how they'll go to something and they're like oh well you're gay you know so but they were doing it the opposite and I thought you know like you said this weird culture like what happened in your church this weird thing well this weird thing started happening in this church and I was like yeah this isn't good no I was really no. turned off, so I left. We left. Bill and I, I think we went for like a month or two. And it was probably mm -hmm. already there. So it wasn't like it was starting to happen, truly. It was like it was already there. We just started noticing it. This is really a church for gays, they're saying. And it was almost like they're trying to push the straight people out. Wow. Yeah, they're going to they're yeah. gonna get God to it. You know, their version of God accepted them, you know, as they were. And so mm -hmm. that, to me, that's like a stepping stone for getting away from religion. You know, that I think to me, it looks, it's, looks like a continuum to me that we start with like this really punitive God who you step out of line for anything and you're smoted. And then as you go yeah. up the line, they become more and more accepting. And then you get into the new age realm where God's all loving, all accepting. And they just can't really explain the Bible because they're it's, most of them are afraid to say, yeah, it's hogwash, but well, say, well everything's different now. Prior to the spirit teaching, um, I always thought, you know, well, how silly is this to pick a religion, but every, every other, I have lots of other friends from all different walks of this earth who are Hindu, who are, 
you know, Catholics, Lutherans, and, you know, everyone points at each other and says, Mm. well, that's not the right religion. No, you're wrong. And I'm like, I refuse to be any part of this if this Mm -hmm. is how it's going to be. So I always like to look at everybody's religion and beliefs and realize like, well, it all came from somewhere. It all started from something and there's good in it. You know, there's good traits, there's good values, you know, so I definitely like to see the beauty and the, you know, the positive things and other people's views and opinions and not hold it against them, you know, because their opinions didn't view with mine or whatnot. So Well, I yeah. think the only way we're going to be able to get along is to do that and yes. allow other people, even though we understand <clears throat> that religion is the, the negatives of religion that maybe they aren't seeing yet, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that they shouldn't be allowed their journey to figure this out. And maybe they won't in this lifetime, of course. But if we try to, that's, you know, this, when I mentioned freedom of speech earlier in the cancel culture, that goes in the same thing. If you're going to try to prevent someone from having their religious beliefs, like going around burning down each other's churches or, or even the non-believers burning down the believers churches, that isn't right. No, you know, we wouldn't want that done to us. Would we want the center no, it's not a church, but you know, it, it's still the center of where all the information that we read and stuff is disseminated. How would we feel if they go, we, we think this is a cult and it's, and it's not true. So we're going to burn it down. You know, right. Billy's to have, it has to protect himself all the time anyway. It's our how old's your daughter? Did you say 10? 11. 11. 11. And, and Basil is? Five. Five. And I saw where you said he ate two, a pizza and two bowls of cereal. Bowls of cereal. Yes. Um, yeah, you just wait. <laughs> I know. This kid, well, we went to the grocery store the other day and I took just him. I think it was on Saturday. And he's like, mom pizza and I thought he wanted to go get pizza just because they have like this um guy this like robot you know this this chef robot standing there with the pizza I thought you know oh I gotta want to go see the robot but uh no he actually wanted like the pizzas Mm -hmm. and oh last night for dinner we went on a walk for about 40 minutes after you know beforehand and we came home and I think the kid was pretty ravenous but I didn't realize that he was eating the entire pizza, had the whole pizza gone, maybe down to the last piece. And then he's like, oh, I want cereal. And I'm like, there's no way. Like, we're totally <laughs> going to waste this bowl of cereal. And he finished it. He's pouring himself a second bowl. And I'm like, you oh must be goodness. going through a growth spurt. Yes. So yes. watch out. His clothes aren't going to fit in about two months. Because uh, that's what I noticed. And with boys, it seems like more so it's faster than girls. I guess the difference. Yeah. And my boys would be eating every, us out of house and home. And I'd be like, oh, oh my gosh, what, what is this? And then the next thing I knew they'd grown out of their clothes. I went, oh yeah, growth spurt. So he's probably yep. getting ready. He's feeling up. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Those bones are going to grow. Everything's going to grow. Oh, well, yeah, he's already in the 86th percentile for his height. So he's going to be tall. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what, um, tell me what, um, with your little farm you guys um, have, I saw a picture of you with a pig. Did you do that yourself? Oh yeah, so that pig? was that was at Delta's. Oh, it so, was. Yes, so Delta invited us to go in on raising a pig with him, mm-hmm. co-raising a pig, because we can't uh, where we are. We are not zoned agricultural, right? So I'm like. Oh my God, I would love that knowledge of knowing what it takes to quarter up a pig mm-hmm. and how that whole process goes because um, around here, there is nobody that butchers pigs themselves. Um, I know an organic grass-fed farmer just like 10 minutes away from us and he has to send his pigs and his cows off to the butcher shop because in order to be able to sell the meat so nobody really has that kind of knowledge so I was like yeah. I was totally down with that and um yeah that's so that's good information like, to have I mean you know yeah so Delta um let us go through that with him mm-hmm. and you know we had demonstrated he had demonstrated how to process the first pig which was his pig and then Perry and I you know went about it with just you know trying to do as much as we could with our pigs so we could learn you Mm -hmm. know as much as possible so I did a lot of documenting so I could um, remember kind of how the whole process goes but prior to us right when we got our piglet and the pandemic was hitting Mm -hmm. there were farmers who couldn't get their pigs to market and they were trying they were selling live pigs 300 bucks come get them for 60 dollars a piece because they couldn't get to the butcher and Perry and I already had a pig for the freezer but I thought oh my gosh like as soon as we have this knowledge we could literally be putting pigs in people's freezers for them Mm -hmm. you know that's true because yeah because people would be like well I don't know how to do that I'm like well just call me and we'll come over Mm -hmm. and put a pig in your freezer and they were like wow that'd be really cool like yeah you know that's a really great idea so have you guys been doing that? Um, not yet. Oh. I haven't like I haven't had the opportunity to where someone calls me and says, "Hey, I got this pig. I got to put in my freezer." But everyone knows if I ever have a pig that I need to put in the freezer, we're going to call the Murphys. <laughs> you know, and that may come soon because with all this um, new pandemic stuff rolling through, you may get your yeah. opportunity sooner than you think. Mm-hmm. because I don't mm-hmm. know I, I just don't know what they're going to do how they're if they're going to try I hear that they're going to try to close everything down I don't know if people's if people are going to take that very well because no. they've been let out and been told it's all almost over you can't you can't do that to people it's so abusive right. really it is. they lie to us and they they yes. tell us that you know we all know it's not over but there's a lot of gullible people out there that believe it and I know Woohoo! happy it's- days are here again it's, it's really hard, you know, you, I have just learned to just be neutral with people and letting them say whatever they want, oh, and letting yes. them have their own views, because I'm not going to argue with them. And this oh, is what no. they're being told from the media. So yeah, yeah, I don't go I there. Just, nope. No. I, I do not. I will say things on Facebook, but I in public or around people, 
that's one thing. People can come and they have the choice to read it or not. They can scroll past it. They can unfollow me, whatever they want to do. But that's fine. And it's only on my own page. I never go on anybody else's and say, this is what you should think, you know, or anything. Right. I always keep it to right. my own page. So, um, yeah, but I don't either. I wear my mask. I keep my mouth shut. I have a I good know. attitude. I don't look at anyone with, you know, because I'm getting disapproval, actually. You know, I'm getting right. treated, not by everyone, but you've probably noticed that you, like you said, they look at you weird. Well, some people even not only do they look at us like, why are you still wearing a mask? You know, I get that. But I also get those people that that, um, that animosity kind of rolls off of them. And I just right. like, keep give them a wide berth. And I just go, hey, I'm just out here doing my thing, keeping my distance, doing my necessary shopping. Don't mind me. I'm, you know, that's kind of how I feel. Like just, I, I try to go under the radar as much as I can. Right. Because, yeah. You know, yep. it's not, can you imagine getting on, a, on an altercation on the street about mask wearing? I mean, it happens. It no, does. It and has, has happened. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. so I just stay neutral and I don't, haven't had any problems. So that's yeah. a good thing. And but your customers the are all cool about wearing masks into your, your, they are, they are. I've got a couple of people, they say, you know, what's the mask thing? And I'm like, it's highly encouraged because it's not mandated, mm -hmm. you know, by the CDC and the I state. Know. So I say, um, I'm highly encouraged and I'm one of the very few. And most of my clients, you know, mask up, but then a couple of them were saying, well, I'm vaccinated. So I just don't argue, you know, because they're being told because they're not vaccinated that they no longer have to wear a mask. So I just kind of just drop it there and just make sure I, you know, cut their hair in a quickly fashion, you know, and then sanitize <laughs> everything. And I have Lysol, like it's, you know, the Holy Grail, those, you know, bomb the studio and mm -hmm. just continue to wear my mask and do the best that I can, because that's all that I can do because I, I don't want, I have been harassed about the masks um, by by somebody on the street. Yeah. Somebody attacked one of my ads that I was running on Facebook. Oh, and I had really? this, lady, yeah, this lady just started this whole big riff and my girlfriend who I was sharing my studio with, um, she came and defended me uh -huh. and said, you know, she's playing it safe. This is her business, you know, stay off of here. Like if you don't have any nights, oh, I wish I had known. <laughs> I I know. Yeah. And then I would have stuck up for you. <laughs> No, this lady, yeah, she kind of, she caused a big rift about, you know, what a joke, what kind of a place is this, you know, with the masks and it was, it was ugly, but um, yeah, other than that, I haven't really had any issues, but um, yeah, just doing the best that I can because people are being mis you know, informed differently. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to yeah force people to and then have you know people not come to me for that or something I don't know yeah yeah well um just keep in mind that this um from what I'm reading about this delta virus it's 60 percent more transmissible than the um, original virus and mm -hmm. that's a lot 
and they they did some doc this was in the san francisco uh, chronicle they were having people just casually pass each other they they documented these people this is in cambodia casually passing each other in a mall and they both ended up with coronavirus so it is much more transmissible um so maybe you'll be able to use that as an excuse you right. know, get those people who've been vaccinated say hey you know we, they now know you can carry it it's unfortunate but you know you got to wear masks again just to protect right. yourself and i mean of course right. you got to do whatever you got to do but just in case you want some ammunition to use they are documenting how much easier this is to transmit yes yeah. and i have and i have been saying that and a couple of my clients you know they're like hey i just don't have a mask on me like i'm like we'll bring one next time you know like yeah you know i'll let it slide this time but just so you know like especially with the season changing and everything i think you know it's just going to be wise for everyone just go back to wearing masks in my studio because there's no way i can social distance social distance from you while i cut your hair right and so, i think um you're going to hear more and more too the who is already saying you should wear it and now you know of course fauci is confusing the hell out of people saying oh yeah you should be wearing masks and he's lost his credibility so people because they've caught him in lies. So people are like, don't believe him, you know, and mm. it's, yeah, it's going to be kind of a mess, really. Right. Right. Yeah. Fortunately. Yeah. Right. I know. I, I just, uh, and I read somewhere in the contact notes, this is a, on a positive note that they're saying when they have a vaccine that can handle this, I went, yes. <laughs> I was like, I'm so glad you finally said that. Um, right. Because of course I figured they would eventually too have something. Absolutely. It's just gonna take 10 years, come on, you know? Yes. Unfortunately. Um, yes. They said that of course the virus won't go away because it's not alive and it will just, I mean, I, I try to wrap my brain around what viruses are cause they're not alive. You know, I'm just right. like, yeah, that is strange. Um, that they will just kind of go dormant, that they don't actually die because they can't die. You know, they just, they're like zombies, I guess. It's funny how all those <laughs> zombie movies came out and, you know, then we have this virus that's like a zombie feeds off yes. another, <laughs> you know, it's kind of weird. It's not really alive, but yet it can do, it can do damage, you know? And so anyway, um, they will have something eventually, but, um, you know, I'm thinking that, you know, bubble helmets are going to become a fashion and stuff. Right. <laughs> exactly. We're going to be wearing stuff like that. I mean, our masks will just, I don't, they're here to stay. I think, I think they're going to ebb and flow and you're going to always have people that wear them and you're going to have people who wear them here and there, and you're going to have people who won't wear them, but I think they're here to stay in our culture. Right. right. And I think it's going to take a while for people to accept that absolutely yeah it's a change mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's, it's it's a hard one i mean I, I was talking to someone the other day who um actually the guy who sold us our camper he started asking me so what do you think about this virus he was telling me all these really upsetting stories his mother-in-law and his father-in-law got the vaccine and they're both really ill now they both oh, have yeah. covid and his he's dying he's actually oh dying he's his liver's shutting down and he's beside himself his wife had covid he had covid he recovered he had lung problems he recovered she still has lung pain 
in her left lung and doesn't and when you when she breathes when he listens to her chest it has makes all this noise and i and she's um got um fatigue and the, she's got like the long haul symptom you know she's really tired she's got brain fog she doesn't have any energy her heart her her chest and back hurt and i said has she had a, a chest scan he said no it's almost like they're afraid to find out how much damage is done to her lungs Mm -hmm. But he was asking me, I don't know why he asked me. He doesn't know me and know that I know anything. And I just told him, you know, what I thought. And I said, and what I've been reading. And I said, so, you know, if, if I could give you any advice is just keep wearing them. Yeah. Well, Perry, so. I know Perry, Perry for me. And I think I am for him. We are just each other's best friend where we literally have told every if someone were to come up to me and try to tell me something about Perry, I'd be like, well, I already knew that. And whatever you could tell me, you know, exactly. isn't going to change, isn't yeah. going to change my opinion about him and vice versa, you know, cause we're just so open with each other yes. and so honest. So you could never be with anybody else. That's just that kind of relationship that mm -hmm. we have. And he, he kind of talks to the kids a lot about, he needs to talk to me a lot too, about, you know, when the time comes, when he passes, I mean, we're hoping it's, you know, 20, 30 years from now, but you just never know if it's going to happen tomorrow or whatnot. But right, at first it used to make, at first it used to make me really uncomfortable, but now I'm glad that he does talk to me often about it. So I'm prepared and I'm not shocked or not ready for it. So, you know, Emma and um, our daughter and him were having the con conver another conversation because we talk about it often. And, uh, He's like, yeah, you know, I hope like when I die and stuff, like I hope mom finds somebody else. And, and my daughter goes, yeah, mom, I give you full permission. You know, you ever want to get married again? I was like, girl, please, like you don't know your mom. Like, it will be hard, wouldn't it? I mean, I, it, it would be hard to find someone that, and, and if it, if and you I'm older, so I'm like, for, mm -mm. forget it. <laughs> yeah, no, like, no. I don't even want to live with another guy. No, like, I, I don't. Like, nope. I have, I have my one, and we're raising a family together. And we're experiencing this life together. Yeah. And I just, I think I would be completely okay with just being on my own. <laughs> like, I don't, you know, actually, a lot of women, um, I'm finding, feel that way. And my grandmother yeah. was that way. And when, when my grandfather passed, I said, so grandma, are you going to get married again? She goes, what? And take care of an old, another old fart. No way. <laughs> because <laughs> which I thought was funny, but um, I yes. got it because, you know, especially as women where we, we tend to take care of our kids and our, and we help, we take care of our husband. They take care of us too, but we you know, do. we do, we, do. Yes. we take care of a lot of people as women. And then it's like, we get to just worry about ourselves. Mostly our kids are grown yes. up. And so usually by that age, they're at least have figured it out and you're not worrying about them so much. You're like, okay, you're an adult. You've got it, you know? Right. And um, right. so I can see where that would be just okay. I, I can't, I see myself alone. Yes. When, if Bill dies before me, which yes. the chances are yeah. he will statistically. Yeah. If I can't have that kind of relationship that I am so lucky, you know, that I am, am able to experience it, it'd be some pretty big shoes to fill Yeah. because I really, he would have been my biggest regret had I listened to him and he would have been like, get out. And I would have just been like, fine, see ya. And never would have like not given it another chance. Well, like, on okay, some well, level, you knew he wasn't totally, he didn't totally serious. 
Yeah. Right. He didn't totally mean it where I'm like, okay, you're trying to be a tough guy and push me away. Cause you're scared of love. Uh-huh. I know this you're scared because yeah. of how things went before you just have abandonment issues. Yes. But I was like, I'm here. I'm not going to leave you. It's okay. Let yeah. your guard down. So it was one of those situations uh, where we kind of, you know, saved each other. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just can't foresee anybody else that I've ever like met came across, you know, where I thought, well, this person seems more fascinating or, you know, somebody that's on my level. I just haven't, you know, so yeah. And if you're not on that level, then I'm just not, then I get bored. Yeah. We both, I guess, fight for dominance and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he, he always, he always tells me and the kids, Hey, I'm the leader and I just, (laughs) as he tries to like exert his dominance, you know, on the family as I'm like, no, like, I'm pretty sure I'm the leader, you know? (laughs) I love that. Yeah. So when we, when we have our disagreements, Ooh, Uh it's like the horns come out and it's like, it's like, you know, yeah, it's just like, we're just going to butt heads. And it's going to sound really bad. It's going to sound like we might be getting a divorce because (laughs) the louder he roars, the louder I roar back. Or I'm like, no, I'm not going to accept this. You back down. No, you back down. No, you back down. And then a few of those actually, even though he's quieter. And and then afterwards, we're just exhausted. And we look at each other. We're like, okay, well, I really didn't mean that. I love you. Like, Mm -hmm. can we just move past this? And yeah. You, you find your way around it. We do. Yeah. They don't know. And then, you know, on the other side too, like with Perry being older, he's had to watch me grow up, you know, from this That's a good young point. It is. That man has a lot of patience, a lot of patience. I mean, I had to be, you know, I had to grow into my mm-hmm. own and he had to watch that. And when we first were started dating he goes yeah we're not gonna be together that long and I was like why do you say that he goes because I'm 42 years old and I have found myself he's like I've changed probably 10 times you know to kind of get to where I am and he's like you're about to go through that and I'm like no I'm going to be this way you know for you know forever this is who I am no, by the time I was like 27, I really started to find myself for the better. And it, it's a good thing we stayed on our, we stayed on the same path with each other, but I did. He's like, wakes up one day. He goes, where, what happened to my wife? Who are you? And I'm like, I know. I just kind of woke up. <laughs> like, I just kind well, of found myself. Well, luckily women tend to do it more quickly than men. right so yeah well this was really nice to get to know you a little better you're just what I expected oh you're you're a ray of sunshine I just want you to know that bright smile of yours and I always see your picture and I just smile go there's Natalie I know you guys you guys actually bring out my humor too I don't know if you noticed but I say funny things on your 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 page is more than anyone else's for some reason you guys in particular bring out my humor and I'm, I, I've noticed that and I think there's something to that that they tend to bring out my humor oh. I want to say funny things on their pages I just do I love that I love that yeah. well, that's, that's exactly what me and Perry love to do to each other we uh-huh. just 
Yeah, it's just and the Bill comedy too. Yeah. Yeah. Just and I comedy thought, there's something I'm picking up about them that makes me feel free to just be my snarky kind of self. Thank you for listening to this episode of Reality Ranch Podcast. In my next episode, I will be having a discussion with Harold Schoschman, the producer of the What School Won't Tell You video series. Until then, Salome.